0: Hello, you're listening to the Business Butler Podcast, where we serve you tasty business solutions in bite sized morsels on a silver platter. And now here's your host, Clayton C. Butler. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. The Business Butler Live is live. We're going to have a fun show for you tonight. My wife was messing with me behind the scenes, telling me that I misspelled stuff on here. And I'm like, for real? She's like, no, not
1: really. I was getting him back for a way that he was messing with me. (laughs) We were having a serious conversation. He said, let's go live and click the button real quick.
0: But it was time, Christina. It
1: was. Well, now it is six o'clock and the Business Butler is live. And I am Christina Butler.
0: And I am Clayton C. Butler.
1: I'm Christina P. Butler.
0: That's right. You are.
1: (laughs) Dot com.
0: That's right. We just got her new website live. Yep, yep. So she's doing some really cool stuff uh in the education world mm. as well as in the business world, so check her out and check out her Teachers Pay Teachers store. She's got some really cool stuff on there.
1: Yep, middle school math, I'm your person.
0: Yeah, and she's working on some uh resources for special education both teachers, parents and well, teachers, parents and students. Yes. So So check that out. That's exciting stuff. Thanks for
1: I'm plugging in myself Do
0: anytime. shameless self-promotion, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. Yep.
1: ChristinaPButler.com. And that's, this guy.
0: That's right. But before we get too far. Sorry. Let's make sure uh, they know where they can find us, which is at the bottom of the screen. I'm Clayton C. Butler, as the screen <laughs> says, and she is Christina Butler. Christina P. Butler, in I'm fact.
1: Put the P in there. I need once. to put,
0: yeah, I need to put the P in there.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> And uh, we are Butler Productions, and we are your business butler that serves creative business solutions on a silver platter.
1: At butlerhelpme.com. Oh, wait, you weren't done. I'm going to do
0: the tagline. Start over.
1: (laughs) Just pretend you didn't see any of that.
0: We're going to start over. But we're your business butler that serves creative business solutions on a silver platter. Solutions that help you be top of mind in your marketplace. And help you build your authority and credibility so you are the only choice in your market's mind. Don't believe it's just ask us how. 1-833-3-BUTLER go to butlerhelpme.com. But anyway, what are we talking about tonight, Christina?
1: Well, tonight I'm going to ask you some questions. And I think they're about brands. Again, brands.
0: My brands.
1: Here I am with the brands. All right. So I've got some questions for you. All right. Clayton C. Butler.
0: Yes, Christina P. Butler.
1: At butlerhelpme.com. <laughs> so starting out, people talk a lot about setting up their brand. Mm-hmm. That's only talking about a logo, right?
0: Well, no, not really. Okay. Branding is more than just your logo. It's more than just your color scheme. It's more than just how you look. Although that is a huge a huge portion of it. And traditionally speaking, historically speaking, yes, that's what branding was. Um, cattle ranchers used to brand their cattle with their particular logo or their mark, their brand. So that's where the term came from. But now it's evolved to basically mean how you are perceived in your marketplace. It can be how your brand looks. It also needs to be how it sounds. It also, I mean, it can be everything from any sense, any physical sense, how it looks, how it sounds, how you're perceived, how it smells. But really, most people, when they talk about brand, most of the time when you talk to a branding company, they're going to focus mainly on how your brand looks, which is going to be mostly your logo and your color scheme and how. People respond to that particular element of your brand. But there's so much more to it. There's your brand story. It's how people view your business. It's it's just another facet of marketing. It's one piece in a larger puzzle.
1: So a lot of people talk about making sure they get the logo so that they can put the logo like as their profile picture and on a website and on their letterhead and on their car. And I need shirts made. So this is, a this is more than that.
0: Yes. It's a lot more than just your logo. Okay. I mean, it's a huge part. I mean, that's, it's a recognizable symbol of who your business, who you are or what your business is or who your business is. You know, however you want to look at that, but yeah, but it is part of a, a larger subset of how your brand is perceived overall.
1: Okay. Now, one thing that you've talked about before you've used words like branding and marketing and advertising. (laughs) And I always thought they kind of were the same. They mean generally the same thing. They were interchangeable, but it does not appear that they are the same thing. Can you talk about the difference?
0: They are not the same. They're part of, you know, all part of the same overall thing, but they all have different functions. Marketing is everything that you do in acquiring customers, interacting with customers, acquiring leads, things like that. Now, advertising is paying to get your message out there. So it is part of marketing, but it is another facet of marketing. Same thing with branding. Branding is how your business is perceived. So it is another thing under that marketing umbrella. So really, when we talk about marketing, it is the all-encompassing kind of. It encapsulates all that stuff. But specifically speaking, advertising, you're mostly talking about paid media, getting your message out via paid channels. Okay. And with branding, you're talking about most of the time how your brand appears, how it looks, but like we said there's more involved in that, but yeah. So marketing is everything that you're doing in your how you relate to customers, how you appear to them, how you reach them, how you interact with them, what you do after the sale, your communication. So it's all marketing. So your your marketing is how you push out to market and what you do in the marketplace.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of talk that I've read recently about a personal brand, like your personal Mm -hmm. brand story, personal branding. So if there are business owners watching, do they need a personal brand if they've already branded their business? Does that question make sense?
0: It does. Um...
1: If I was a business owner, would I also need a personal brand?
0: I think it's very important to consider your personal brand. Um, A lot of... I mean, I say it's getting more cachet now. Like, it's, you know, kind of cool. The cool thing to talk about personal branding.
1: All the cool kids are doing it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that kind of makes it seem like a fad Mm -hmm. in a way now. People could take it that way. I don't Mm -hmm. think it is a fad. I think it's a necessity because... I'm not just saying this because I'm a marketing guy, but like if you are, particularly if you are the face of your company, if you are a driving force behind your company, if you're an executive, if you are the business owner, if you are the entrepreneur that is driving that business, it's darn near crucial to have a personal brand. You know, just for example, like I'm doing here, Mm -hmm. like this is on the Clayton C. Butler page. My personal brand is I'm the guy to talk to when you need advice on what to do in your business as far as how to reach your customers, how to build your credibility in the marketplace, how to get stuck in their minds, how to reach them effectively and follow up. That's what I am positioning myself as my personal brand. My personal brand is the business butler.
1: That's this guy.
0: Obviously, you're watching the Business Butler Live at the Business Butler Podcast. It just happens to be kind of fun that my name is also Butler. So it all kind of works out. (laughs) ButlerHelpMe.com, that kind of thing. But our actual company is Butler Productions, which is the the side of the business that actually does all the things. Mm -hmm. So it's really two separate entities if you want to think about it that way. So if let's just say that you are a, a, um well, we'll go with car dealers. Let's say you own a dealership or you're the general manager of a dealership. You have that dealership, which is advertising itself as Big John's Toyota. All right, and you're Big John, right? But you've got the Toyota dealership that is the business that you're advertising. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't hurt you to promote yourself and develop your personal brand as the go-to guy. If you need to talk cars, you know, Mm -hmm. if you need help with a car or whatever, like I'm the guy to talk to. So you position yourself in a way that you are developing your personal brand Mm -hmm. and not just, you know, the Toyota dealership in town.
1: So that can work for um, insurance, oh, yeah. real estate agents. They all have that company. Like if you have Keller Williams or Caldwell Banker, that's your company. That's your business. Mm-hmm. Even if you are running your own office, I guess, in your city. But then you also position yourself personally. Yeah. It's like Oprah. There's Oprah and then there's Harpo. Like right. her company that does all of the productions.
0: It's Harpo Productions, and, but it's
1: but, but then her, there's Oprah.
0: Yeah, her brand is still Oprah.
1: Yeah, so yeah. there's Clay, and then there's Butler Productions that does all the producing.
0: Yeah, so I'm content. I'm literally branding two things simultaneously that work together as one unit. I am branding Clayton C. Butler, and I am branding Butler Productions. Right now they mesh and weave together and fuel each other. Uh, which is a, it's a lot more complicated to do that but it's very it's very beneficial uh, because the more you position yourself as a leader in your field and as a leader in your space in your market things like that the more you do that the more you're going to attract customers mm-hmm. naturally through your authority positioning so that's going to fuel your business instead of Trying to push a faceless entity on the public. Now Mm -hmm. you can still have a brand and that brand can still have some clout or whatever, but people like dealing with people. They don't like dealing with just a corporate name. Right. So just a logo. Yeah. People work with people they know, like, and trust. You've heard Mm -hmm. me say it a million times. So the big thing is make yourself the person that they know they like and they trust. So personal branding. That's how you do it.
1: And that's the relationships there, too. Yeah. You know.
0: Doctors, for example, let's just say plastic surgeons. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah, it's just been several years ago now, but Dr. 90210, the. Oh, yeah. The.
1: uh, Plastic surgeon. Plastic
0: surgeon. That was seriously nothing more from what I've heard. Yeah. It wasn't as much of a show that was getting pitched by the network as it was of that person trying to personally brand himself as the Dr. 90210. Yeah,
1: like the plastic surgeon.
0: So that, you know
1: that's a good example. That's
0: a good example. And um things like what was it? Pawn Stars, the exact same thing. Um, Rick Harrison, the owner of uh Gold and Silver Pawn Shop on the Strip in Las Vegas. Okay. He approached them with that show
1: wow now that's some serious marketing it is like he's a he's <laughs> very advertising
0: he's well marketing yeah it's a he's a very brilliant marketer yeah and that was just one of the ways he knew he's like i knew if I could get this out there and put us on the map yeah so and they were already doing good business but i right. mean it took them i mean it obviously positioned him as yeah. the expert and you know say what you want about how they script or don't script right. or or whatever. But it, it put them in a position.
1: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think a lot about, like, I have a TPT now. I have a Teachers Pay Teachers. And there are a lot of Instagram teacher famous teachers. teacher Famous teachers on Instagram. Insta famous. There you go. That's the word I was going for. Teacherpreneurs who are insta famous. And we're going to merge all the words tonight. Mm-hmm. And I think about those and I think about a business selling on Etsy, you know, and you have this product and you have your logo and, you know, Etsy, people can't really get to know you. Teachers pay teachers. You can't really get to know me. You know, there's Mm -hmm. not a lot that I can put in there. They don't want me to put all of my social media links to kind of pull you away from TPT. But I think about how Instagram has kind of started changing that using stories and your profile
0: mm-hmm.
1: to like show you personally. Yeah. Even though you're still running this company, you're still building that relationship, showing the personal side of yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Does that make, is that?
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's a huge part of it. Um, you know, we talked the other day about the, the client meeting that we had with the Atlanta real estate agent. I'm mm-hmm. Dr. 90210 branding himself you Know that way mm-hmm. as the premier plastic surgeon in Hollywood. Right. Um, the guy that we met with is he's positioning himself as the Atlanta real estate expert,
1: right?
0: But music is a big part of what he does, and people have started calling him the rock star real estate agent or the rock star realtor. realtor. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it'll happen naturally, sometimes it'll evolve, but I think that. Personal branding should be, if you're the driving force, should be at the core of what you're doing.
1: I I wonder if that's difficult for business owners to want to kind of put themselves out there in front of or separate from their business, especially if you have a lot of employees that have been working with you for a long time. I think of a lot of the like home services businesses in our town. And for them to kind of pull themselves out of their company and kind of position themselves ahead of that, I wonder if that's difficult for business owners. You know, I wonder if that's an uncomfortable place to be. I can think of a couple that have been kind of successful oh, yeah. making their name and their personal brand, you know, it's still related to the company, but I just wonder, you know, because the one that I'm thinking of has a very close relative that's also in the company and i don't know that that brother or relative has positioned themselves does that make sense like
0: yeah and i think i don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that positioning i right. mean not that it's a pecking order necessarily but um you got two brothers running the company and one of the guys takes the managerial role and the other guy takes yeah. the marketing role and as the m- part of being a well-rounded, well, you know, not well-rounded. Yeah, yeah, well-rounded, a businessman marketer than he is positioning himself as an expert, Mm -hmm. as a thought leader in the the space. I commend him for it. Yeah. But you get a lot of haters and other people taking shots at you, but it's what you should be doing.
1: Yeah. It just sounds funny. I feel like in the 80s and maybe the beginning of the 90s, everything was about we're a team, you know, and so for a business owner to kind of break out from that, there's a lot of thought leaders that you have gathered information from like researched Mm -hmm. and Clay will name the name of the company because we might get their newsletter or we might see their video on YouTube. But then he talks about the name and I think sometimes I think they're two separate groups and I'm like, Oh, he runs that. And you're like, yeah, duh. And like, well, I didn't know that, you know, I didn't put the Mm -hmm. two and two together because the company kind of stands on its own. But then the personality, that personal brand, the authority in that area stands on his own too. So I just wonder if it's uncomfortable for business owners to step out as the expert. I'm going to tell on you real quick, (laughs) that's okay. It was hard for clay. Mm -hmm. Um, it seems like it makes sense when he says there's Clayton C Butler and then there's Butler Productions like and how he you explained that earlier it just it made sense. But y'all don't know what we've gone through to try to divide even that up on social media. So here I have this picture I want to post. Is it a Clayton C Butler picture or is it a Butler Productions picture? What should I put here? What should I be putting here? I think that's that's interesting.
0: Yeah. You know. It's it's not easy to do it because there is a lot of crossover. Um, I mean, I look at Gary Vaynerchuk's a good example as known as Gary Vaynerchuk is as a thought leader. Mm -hmm. He also has Vayner media and he also has Vayner X. So those things, and you know, he's been asked before, um, what do I do? Do you, do I cross post to these different channels? Right. And he's like, it depends. If if it's relevant to both, post it to both. If it's not, no. If you wanted to keep it personal, put it on your personal brand thing. If you want to keep it all about the corporate thing, right. he says I talk about VaynerMedia on Gary Vaynerchuk, and and that's what I do with Clayton C. Butler, mm-hmm. uh, my Clayton C. Butler page. I talk about other things like I don't even have well. Technically, I do have a Butler Productions Instagram. I just don't use it, and I'm contemplating pulling the plug on it entirely because everything I do, I just run through Clayton C. Butler on Instagram. I find it easier that way.
1: My advice, especially for Facebook, would be for the business to have someone other than the business owner to run that social media. Oh, yeah. So that the personal brand you as the expert you positioning yourself as the authority that when you kind of like divide the two that you are the one posting that and then you're not still trying to go back and forth
0: Mm -hmm. or you are the voice of that one even if you have somebody helping you out on your own personal brand
1: but then that needs to be your voice i don't mean to talk over you i'm sorry definitely have someone else to continue the business one Mm -hmm. so that you're not trying to split like that Mm -hmm.
0: well you know you talked about it being difficult i think we talked about this the other night as far as mindset is concerned mindset's the biggest thing you have to decide that you're going Mm -hmm. to be the expert the thought leader the guy the girl you have to draw that line and say yes this is what i am this is who i am this is what how i'm positioning myself because you're gonna deal with the internal battle of the imposter syndrome and I've done a podcast I think last year on the imposter syndrome um uh I was trying to think of their names uh Suzanne Imes and look it up real quick uh yeah it's I think it's it's either Suzanne or Susanna Imes and Chance is the other lady's last name, but um, they did, is mean, that right?
1: That is right. Suzanne Imes and Pauline, Pauline Rose Clance.
0: Pauline, yeah, Clance, not Chance. Sorry, it's close.
1: That is close.
0: Um, it's you been have an
1: incredible memory <laughs> in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to say what this says?
0: Well, I was just going to say back in the 70s, they interviewed a bunch of high-achieving women in the business world. And the vast majority of them, like close to all of them, said they didn't feel like they belonged. They felt like they were a fake. They felt like they were an imposter, that they were going to get found out, that they didn't get there on their own merit or whatever. And it was really just attributed to women at the time.
1: Mm, That's what it says here, is that women were uniquely affected by imposter syndrome.
0: But as
1: that was they, in 1978,
0: yeah. But as they did more research, they discovered that it wasn't just women, right? It was high achieving men, it was high achieving athletes, politicians, people that got there on most of which on their own merit, on their own hard work, and their mm-hmm. skills and their drive, and everything like that. But they all felt like, I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get found out. It was just dumb luck that I got here. That's another big thing is attributing where you where you have arrived, attributing that to outside forces. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just luck, or
1: not accepting that success.
0: Yeah, and even to the point of self sabotage because you mm-hmm. don't believe it. And I'm she she hmm. me because I do that. I will, hmm. I will get. Here's
1: the poster child for <laughs> imposter syndrome. I will right get here. to
0: a certain point that should be deemed as successful and I will burn it to the ground just to start over. Cause I don't feel like I belong there. And I, I struggle with that really hard and that's, what's going to happen to you if <laughs> not, not that
1: so you get ready for that. Cause it's a fun ride. <laughs> you are going to feel like
0: you don't belong. You are going to feel like, why would anybody listen to me? When there's so many other voices that know more than I do, so many other people that are more credible than me, so many other people that have credentials, so many more, it doesn't matter. You're going to have those feelings, and they're going to to make you question whether or not you want to position yourself as the go-to authority in your marketplace. And if it's not internal, you're going to have other people taking shots at you too that you have to deal with. It's just... You have to know that when you make that decision that it is the right decision and you have to go for it. And I hope that didn't go off on too much of a tangent, but it is hard to start that and feel like you should do it. I mean, unless you're like a narcissist, which maybe I feel like I've got a narcissistic streak too, but I love the sound of my own voice, (laughs) but you know, (laughs) I made myself lose my train of thought on that. But, you know, I mean, unless you're a complete narcissist, you're going to have some self-doubt, you know, and that's going to be part of the game.
1: Which you had when you started your business. Yeah. And then once it got off the ground and starts going, then you're going to kind of step out from that and do your personal brand. And, I mean, I think about the podcast we did a couple weeks ago where, I was the anti-marketing marketer and said, be yourself because there are so many other, there are a lot of experts out there. Mm. And Clay's goal is to help you position yourself as the expert in your area. Um, And to, to build that authority, because like he said, it is important to have that personal brand and not just, your successful business, but also that personal brand. And of course, once you have that successful personal brand, it only serves to help your business. You know, they're not, they might have two separate Facebook pages, but they're not completely separate. You
0: know, you know, a lot of authors have found that they've gotten their success through writing their book and then all the stuff kind of fell in their lap. But That doesn't discount all of the the work and all the knowledge and the expertise they had getting them up to the point of writing the book. And then they had the business success. Well, let me me rewind a bit. Once you decide to do this, you, you have to think about it and think it through because you think that the business is going to make you an expert, but that's not true. I mean, to an extent, but the business isn't going to make you the personality. The personality is going to make the business.
1: Mm-hmm. Say that one more time.
0: The business isn't going to make the expert the personality. The go-to person, the go-to person is going to make the business. The personality is going to make the business. So you—that's ha- where you have to draw the line. Know that it is not. It doesn't happen by mistake. It doesn't happen by chance the people that have positioned themselves as the go-to authority and blown up their business made that decision to do it that way. It's not like, oh, I just <laughs> I just did this, and then now my business is growing. No, it's really this is a strategic plan. And if you're going to do it, it's going to take strategy. It's not just, well, I'm just going to throw up a couple of Facebook videos. I mean, it's it's looking at your entire funnel, top down. Top is your cold traffic, middle is your, your warm traffic, bottom of the funnel is your hot traffic ready to do something, hot, 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 ready to do something right now. But you've got to appeal to each one of those in your strategy. So each one of those takes a different thing. Each social media modality or platform has its own purpose when you're marketing. And I read something today, but talking about omnipresent versus omnichannel. People use that term Mm -hmm. interchangeably, and I've been guilty of doing it, but what they said was, omnichannel is taking the same thing and blasting it out to every channel. Omnipresence is taking a message and tailoring it to every single modality, every single customer type within those different things. And while omni-channel works and you can just shoot the same message out, it's always best if you get sophisticated with it and it's not easy. Mapping this stuff out'll blow your mind, but it's it's what you have to do. And I'm not I don't mean to scare you with that, and if you need help with that, just get in touch with us at 18333butler or butlerhelpme.com and we'll be happy to sit down and talk about how to apply all this stuff to your business. But you have to strategically go about this. If you want to get started, I do suggest when you're getting started, just right out of the gate, do multi-channel. As you learn more about marketing, or if you have somebody to help you with it, then you can do omnipresence. But you want to be everywhere that your customer sees. Now, people think that, oh, my gosh, I can't be everywhere to everybody. But you don't have to be everywhere to everybody. You you can be omnipresent in that individual customer's world. Mm-hmm. So everywhere that one customer or that person that's interacted with you that you have brought into your marketing universe, you're omnipresent to them. And you're reaching out. You've got tentacles out in in the marketplace and in all those other places to where people will see you and find you via those other modalities and other channels. But you can be omnipresent in your customers, your leads, your prospects' minds in certain ways, and that's that's a huge enough hurdle that you couldn't do. 10 years ago. I mean, especially 20 years ago. I mean, the only way you could really do that back in the day was radio, newspaper, magazine, um, billboard. television, billboard, and direct mail yep. now, but, it, but you couldn't be in an individual customer's world. Mm-hmm. You could kind of with direct mail, but you couldn't be in an individual customer's world. Now you've Not got right here. Yeah. Face. You, you got these things right here as the new TV and the new, radio so you can be one-to-one via that if you're dealing with things like over-the-top television and I had a meeting with the Comcast rep we were talking about advertising and he's like we are very very close to the point to where we can do one-to-one advertising over a set-top box which means if I own a car dealership or a car maintenance shop and it's time for you to bring your car in for servicing. That is wild. I can say Mr. Smith, your Kia is now due for service. It's your it's been 3 months, it's time for your service. Wild. We're that close. And I mean you can anything that has an identifier to it mm-hmm. that identifies that particular machine or that particular user geo fencing is another thing being everywhere to people that pass by in your market. There's geo tools. If you drive by somebody's establishment, you can get ads on your phone, like display ads about it or text messages or all kind of crazy
1: stuff. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of ways to build my authority show that I'm the expert to put my personal brand out there.
0: Mm, And there's a lot of ways to reach them once you've established yourself as that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a, a flywheel effect. If you want to think about it that way, you position yourself, you take your stance, you deliver your message. If you're prolific in always putting out new intellectual property, new content, it's going to fuel that because the more touch points people have, I mean, Scientists say now like it used to be like seven touch points and Uh and people would do take action. It's now pushing like 12. So seven to 12 touch points, meaning they've interacted with you. You followed up. They've seen your ad. They've seen your name. They've seen your brand, your marketing, whatever a touch point. They're saying it takes like 12 of those contacts or touch points before they start getting close to taking an action. So the more you're releasing, Intellectual property with your brand, your personal brand on it, it starts to fuel that. Then once they start seeing you everywhere, you start building your authority, referrals, uh, word of mouth, mm-hmm. that thing that starts to do it. And everybody says, well, I do my business solely on word of mouth. Yeah, but you can't. You can't expect that alone to do it if you don't fuel if you don't give those people some reason to give you the word of mouth, mm-hmm. it's not just customer service. I mean, it's encouraging people to to give referrals. It's in, in and I talk about this in my authority building framework, which <clears throat> will be on my website very soon. It's, it's a, the five pillars of building your authority in your marketplace. So you can be the only choice in your customer's mind. So there's, there's five pillars and I go through it. And it also has video and other things, and action worksheets to help you through that. You've got your strong stance, you've got your intellectual property, you've got omnipresence, and you've got the ultimate calling card. And in your ultimate calling card, it talks about having something that you can give to a particular prospect, client, uh, lead as they come in. Something that you can hand them as a calling card instead of a calling card. But you also give several of those things to those Mm -hmm. people and then have them give those out as as referral don't just trust word of mouth give them something to hand somebody else that's here's let me tell you about my dentist Mm -hmm. you know so you've got that thing to give them and you can find out what those things are and and what you can do with that in the authority building framework, you'll be able to find that on ClaytonCButler.com. But you can also get to that through ButlerHelpMe.com. It'll take you to that. But anyway, you got to give the people the ammunition. So all those things, all those pillars, they do act like a flywheel. You start to build momentum once you start doing that thing, once you start getting more sophisticated in, in the, the marketing aspect of things. You'll build it up. You'll build your credibility and authority. And the ultimate goal is being the only choice in your customer's mind.
1: The only choice. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more than just a logo on a letterhead, for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. It is.
1: That was a good conversation. It was. Lots of good nuggets. I hope so. Lots of good information there.
0: Hope I didn't squirrel too much.
1: Well, I was going to say, you kind of ran the gamut. I mean, you covered imposter syndrome and you covered... Like the ultimate calling card. and <laughs> But it's all part of personal <laughs> branding. It is. And you talked about the importance of personal branding, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. So if somebody needed your help, like you said, 1-833-3-BUTLER, butlerhelpme.com, com. Right. If you're a teacher, kristinapetbutler.com. Mm-hmm. 1-833-3-BUTLER. Yeah.
0: So anyway, we love y'all. Thank you for watching. And like, share, sub- subscribe, smash, bell, something, whatever they say on those videos. <laughs> anyway, we'll see y'all next time at 6 p.m. on Thursday on the Clayton C. Butler Facebook page. And as always, y'all have a great one. Thank you for listening to the Business Butler Podcast. To learn more about Clayton, visit ClaytonCButler.com. Need help growing your business? Then reach out to the Butler Productions team at 1-833-3-BUTLER or go to ButlerHelpMe.com. The Butler Productions podcast is property of Butler Productions, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.